It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. It is, uh, we're taping today here on Monday, June 29th, on a, on a cloudy Monday afternoon here in the New York area, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Whether you're one of the few tuning in live or, uh, or on iTunes or uh, on delay on Blog Talk Radio, wherever you're listening, we do appreciate it. As we have another episode here to talk some fantasy baseball in the upcoming Fantasy Baseball Week with a lot going on, and uh, excited to be on the air. It's been a few weeks, about two weeks, uh, since I've been on on this show. As always, you know, uh, you can hear me every Wednesday night as well, uh, about 9 o'clock Eastern Time on the Roto Baller Fantasy Sports Show. That is every Wednesday night religiously at 9, right here on Blog Talk Radio. You can hear the Anthony Aniano Sports Show, like I mentioned, on Blog Talk Radio. Also hear it on iTunes, so please go to iTunes, download, subscribe, Rate the show. Do appreciate the support there on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at A Aniano Fantasy. That's A Aniano Fantasy. And support the show on Facebook at the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. If you are listening live, phone lines are open at 347 838 8088. That's 347 838 8088. And uh, we're going to cover all of, a lot of fantasy baseball with you probably for the next 45 minutes or so. Uh, we're going to talk a little Mets, we're going to talk a little Los Angeles Dodgers, really baseball talk about them, and then talk about the uh, some fantasy rookies uh, that have really made an impact this year, and if we have time, we'll take a look at the two start pitchers uh, in the world of fantasy baseball as well. Uh, Lenny Melnick from RotoExperts.com will be joining us uh, throughout the show, and uh, always fun to talk with Lenny, and uh, do appreciate his expertise in, in this field as well. And uh, hello, you're on the air with Anthony Aniano. Who's this? Yeah, I was waiting for Lenny Melnick to show up. So, uh, <laughs> Lenny, waiting. how you doing, my friend? He's, he's the highlight. If you're not ready for me, I know I'm calling in under a, uh, under a strange number. I will hold on and listen and uh, just uh, uh, give me the bat when I'm ready to hit. No, I'm all ready for you, my friend. I, I had a okay. feeling it was you, but yeah, it is a strange number. I don't know where you are or what you're doing. And I, probably I don't, don't know where know. I am either, but that's another story. <laughs> but, uh, Lenny, thanks for joining me on this uh, Monday afternoon. Do appreciate you spending some time with us today. How's everything? Everything is going good. You know, we got a lot of stuff going on. I always love this time of year where all the trade rumors start to, uh, start to emerge. And uh, it's always been... One of the good things about being a baseball fan, uh, Anthony, is is the trade rumors, coming up with trades for your own team, uh, making up trades, you know, and it, it, 
uh, I think the most disappointing day in Major League Baseball is always the uh, uh, trading deadline day because half, uh, most of these trades are never made, but it's always, always been fun to speculate about trades for baseball. Yeah, it always is, and and you and and part of the reason I wanted you know you started a little. I got involved in a little one of your uh, social media posts. Um, Stephen Matz for Troy Tulowitzki. Let's talk a little bit Mets, right? It's all over social media. Yeah. People want the Mets to give up one of these young pitchers. Um, I'm not against giving up a pitcher, but I just find. Some of these fantasy trades that float out there are really, in my view, a trade for trade's sake. Um, I don't fit, think it fits the, the long-term plan of this team, and I know a lot of people are sick and tired of the Mets' long-term plan. But uh, your take on the Mets and, and the pitching and the embarrassing lack of hitting. Well, first of all, let's be perfectly clear. The New York Mets have an opportunity to uh, build one of the best pitching staffs that I've seen in many years. And of course, mm-hmm. we all know who we're talking about. Harvey, Syndergaard, DeGroom, Mats, and Wheeler. Uh, the Met fans have to understand they need some patience, maybe another year. Uh, everybody's complained about the Mets and Sandy Alderson and the Mets' ownership. And where are they? What are they? Two games out of first place. So stop complaining because the Mets really didn't think it was going to be this year anyway. But for them to break up any one of these five and trade them for whoever is absolutely insane. The Mets will make a deal. They'll trade Jonathan Neese. They may trade Rafael Montero if he gets better. But you know who they're going to get? They're going to There's rumors about the Dodgers being interested. And Jonathan Neese is a very serviceable pitcher. But Neese mm-hmm. will go to the Dodgers for Alex Guerrero. He may go for Thank Scott you. Van Slyke. Uh, the Cubs may be interested. They're not getting Javier Baez. They'll trade Neese to the Cubs, and maybe they'll get Chris Norfria. Maybe they'll get Chris uh, Coughlin. Maybe they'll get Billy McKinney thrown into the deal. Uh, the kid who came over from Oakland, he's an outfielder. All right, good-looking prospect. player the Mets will get to trade one of these five stud pitchers in my opinion, is such junk, it's garbage, it's not going to happen. I, I agree, and it's funny you mentioned the guy. I think that's a logical fit for the Mets is Alex Guerrero of the Dodgers. The Dodgers, I mean, Justin Turner has locked up third base, and you could blame Sandy Alderson for letting him go for nothing, right? But, but Turner's there. Hector Oliveira, the 30-year-old, I know he's a little banged up, but he's eventually going to come up and play. You have Corey Seager down in the minors, who's an all-world prospect. The Dodgers, are, they don't have room for Alex Guerrero. And Jonathan Neese would slot nicely in the back of that rotation. I think that's a logical fit, an immediate upgrade offensively for the Mets. Yeah, I think so, too. And you mentioned uh, that the, <laughs> you mentioned Sandy Olison. Yeah, he gave up Justin Turner. It wasn't even a, a, a money-saving move. It was just he gave him away. And also, yeah. Colin McHugh. Another guy who was a Met prospect, who was on the Mets. Of course, they gave him to Colorado, and then Colorado gave him away. And look what he's developed into. So I think, look, I think you're right, but I think the Mets are smart enough to know that they cannot. They have to give themselves a chance. I mean, I remember the days of Paul Wilson and Bill Pulsifer and Jake uh, and Jason Isringhausen, and that didn't pan out. But they got to give themselves a chance. 
to put these five together, and they could have them in tow for the next four to five years. Yeah, I agree. I, I, see, I'm a big believer. Whether you like the Mets plan or you don't like the Mets plan, Sandy Alderson came to this team and clearly had a plan. He was going to build with pitching. Now, you could say Minaya drafted some of those guys, but, but Alderson didn't trade them for, for, bat, for, for major league players. He, he brought in – I mean, he fleeced the Toronto Blue Jays for R.A. Dickey. He totally just fleeced them, getting Darno if he can ever stay healthy, in Syndergaard. He, he fleeced the Giants, Carlos Beltran, for Zach Wheeler. Now, that, you know, that's what it looks like. He clearly has a plan. Now, unfortunately, their offensive pieces in the minors, Conforto, maybe Matt Reynolds at shortstop, they're not ready yet. Okay, I'll give you that. But I just think I, what, all I see out there, and people get mad at me. There was somebody today basically calling me an idiot all over social media. <laughs> he didn't like what I had to say, boy. But um, they just want to make a trade for the sake of making a trade. And, you know, everybody screams and hollers about Troy Tulowitzki. Uh, anybody who knows anything about the Mets, no, he doesn't fit their plan. A 30-year-old shortstop owed $110 million until he's 36 years old? I mean, what's going to happen a week after the Mets acquire him and he pops a hamstring and he's gone for a month? Is all the same people who wanted Tulowitzki are going to scream and holler how dumb the Mets are for making that trade and giving up Steven Matz or Syndergaard? Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's, and it's really, you know, Tulowitzki is too expensive. He doesn't hit well outside of cores, and people seem to forget about that. Last year he yeah. had a 257 outside of cores. And the fact is, is that the Mets just can't give it up. And it's interesting, uh, Anthony, because you take a look at the Chicago Cubs, and they have all these good young rookie uh, prospects, and they don't have a lot of good pitching in the minor leagues. But the Cub fans are allowing Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer to build their go along with their plan. They've always said that this is not the year it's going to be next year. The Mets are saying the same thing, but the Mets fans say, oh, let's get Paul Goldschmidt. Let's get Todd Frazier. All right? uh, it's, it's, uh, it's typical, typical Mets, but you know something? We have fun with it. And even if you're looking and trying to figure out a way to get Frazier or Goldschmidt, which is impossible, it's still fun to talk about. And that's one of the beauties of baseball. Right. And, and, and you mentioned Goldschmidt. That would be the type of young bat you would have to require if you want to move one of these young arms. And that's not going to happen. Not um, going to happen. It, not going to happen. You want another ex-Rocky? I mean, look what Michael Kadir has done, right? You, you know the numbers <laughs> don't play out of Colorado. Get, get yeah. that through your head at this point. They just don't. But, um, you know, and that goes to, to the other part of my argument has always been um, you know, well, they're a big market team. They should be spending money. People realize, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, the day of the big market team dominating, look on the standings. Look at last year's World Series. Those days now with revenue sharing, those days, in my opinion, are, are over. You know, you, you, look at, you look at the American League East. It's Baltimore and Tampa. You have in the central Minnesota and Kansas City. Out west, you have Houston. Uh, Baltimore's your biggest market there, and they're, they're a mid-market team, to be honest. The Cardinals have been the best franchise in baseball forever. They play in Missouri, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? The Nationals, they're spending in the east, and you got the Dodgers out west. But essentially, four out of the six division leaders are mid-market teams at 
best. Am I wrong in when I say that that, that the, the 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 big market teams winning all the time? Those days are over. It has. It's all about the TV contracts now, and that's the big deal. You know, Anthony, it's very funny. I have, and I'll show them to you uh, uh, next time I see you. I have a bunch of old sporting news magazines from the 1920s. No, I didn't mm-hmm. go buy them myself, but I do have them. All right, and it talks mm-hmm. about how how television is going to kill Major League Baseball because the people won't go to the games anymore. The truth is now it's all about the TV contracts, okay? And uh, all the teams have pretty decent contracts, and uh, that's what's uh, fueling Major League Baseball. Now, the yes. team that I'm really upset about is is not the Mets because I don't think the Mets really expected to be into, in this contending position uh, this year. But the Yankees, in my opinion, the Yankees have it there to be taken, and the Yankees don't appear to be making the moves that I think they should make, and that's because it's going to cost them a little bit of money. I've always thought that with Miller and Batances, that unless they got somebody else, these two guys would be burnt out at, at some point by the All-Star game. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to blame the injury on Miller on that, but still, they need somebody who can come in in the ninth inning and shut it down. They need a Tyler Clifford. They need a John Papelbon so that Batances and Miller could pitch the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings and allow their starters to not go, whoever it is, to go five or six innings and then give me the ball. They need three guys back there. And if they go ahead and get Cole Hamels and take John Papelbon, or if they get Scott Casimir and take Tyler Clifford, I think the Yankees could walk away with that Eastern Division. Yeah, it's a division to be had. And essentially what you're saying is you use the model the Kansas City Royals used last year. Starting a pitcher gives you five, six innings. And and you knew, I mean, we both watched the postseason. In that that postseason last year, you knew if the Royals had the lead, they didn't even have to have the lead. If the game was tied going into the sixth inning or seventh inning, that game was over. Nobody was touching the Royals' bullpen. Yes, exactly. And it gives the Yankees a chance to uh, you know, put their starting pitches wherever they are and say, just give me five or six good innings and that's it. And uh, it's just if, if the Yankees don't make the move, and, they, you know, they have prospects. Now, there's a kid named Aaron Judge. I wouldn't give mm-hmm. him away. I saw him in Arizona. He looks like he could be the real deal. But a kid like Greg Bird, Luis Severino. Mm-hmm. Severino, to me, projects as nothing more than a bullpen guy. He didn't impress me at all. And then they got this kid in low minors named Jorge Mateo, who's a shortstop. You know what? I think they'd have to give him one of these guys that have to take the contract of Papelbon, and I think Cole Hamels is there for the waiting. Yeah, Judge is going to be the guy everybody wants. Uh, I don't think – yeah, I agree. The Yankees should not give him up. Uh, he's, a, no. he's a bona fide power bat. That's going to be tough to give up. And the Yankees, you know, they're, they're in a tough spot because – it's clear they want to try to get a little bit younger and save a few dollars, but that American League, American League East is so bad. Uh, you know, they should be better than Tampa, and, and it's there for the taking. You know, I think they want to wait and see what happens when Ellsbury gets back, too, if they can make a run when he returns. But, um, you know, Lenny, the other team I did want to ask you about, and we mentioned it briefly, is the Dodgers. You know, this is a team, they brought in the veterans, Howie Kendrick at second, Rollins at short. Uh, third base kind of started with Juan Uribe. Everybody waited for Alex Guerrero, and now Justin Turner's come along 
and seized an opportunity, uh, a journeyman most of his career. Now he's taken a third base and run with it. You know, and they've spent a lot of money on the uh, in the Cuban market with guys like Alex Guerrero and now Hector Oliveira, who's not a young kid, 30 years old. They're paying him a lot of money. He's eventually got to come up. You got Corey Seager. Now that Carlos Correa's up, Seager's probably the top prospect down in the minors. How do, how do the Dodgers, what are they doing? You, you see them making any moves to make room for all of these pieces that they have? I don't think they're interested in, in uh, bringing up Corey Seager so fast. He's had sort of an up-and-down minor league season this year. He's had some uh, moments of brilliance, and then he's had other moments where he was just okay. So I think they want to keep him down there for most of the year. And, of course, with Rollins and Kendrick, uh, they're both on their free on their contract years. So next year, Sagar, next year, Oliveris, they'll fit right in there. Oliveris will be used when he's healthy. He's on the DL right now. Uh, so I think he'll be used. Scott Van Slyke has been a very uh, usable player. Ethier has mm-hmm. been usable. Don't forget Puig has been out as well. And uh, Crawford's been out. So once this Dodger team gets together, all they do need is like everybody else. It's all about pitching now. Their offense is just like everybody else's, struggling. The only offense that might not be struggling is Toronto. Everybody else, look, the other day, only last week, there were 15 Major League Baseball games being played. And of the 15 games, that's 30 teams. Of the 30 teams, Anthony, um, there were eight teams that scored two runs. There were seven teams that scored one run. And there was one team that got shut out. That's 16 hmm. out of 30 teams that scored two runs or less. And it's, you know what? I don't see that number every day, but every day it's pretty much the same. So every team is struggling for offense. If you've got the dominant pitching, you're way ahead of the game. Lenny, let me ask you this. Do you think the baseball fan would would take the PED or PED era back because everybody clamors now for offense, right? You talk, you just gave those numbers, right? Everybody's complaining. There's no offense. There's no offense. There's no offense. We're coming off a season last season where, what was it? The league average was the 251. There was only 11 players who hit 30 plus home runs last season. You know, this season you could, the offensive numbers are clearly down. There's, there's that top tier of power hitters, who are already in the 20 home run range, and they'll probably top out at about 40 when the season's all said and done. You know, we're almost at the halfway point if we're not there already. So, so do, do you think that fan would say, eh, I know it's cheating, but I don't even care. Give me the bats. I love a pitching performance. You love a pitching performance. But the casual fan, would they be willing to say, screw it, Give me back the days where everybody was hitting 30 home runs, and that was a down year. I want the 55 home run guy again. Because that's what it seems like people want. You know, I consider myself a a, a, a very strong baseball fan. So I'm going to give you my opinion, and I think there are, are people who might agree with me. I would, I would like if it never happened to start with, the Sosa, the Maguire, all that stuff, because it skews the records that we cherish the most use the home run records and all the other stuff. And to think that you can't put these guys in the Hall of Fame, it's a shame. I wish it never happened. But it did happen. And now that it's happened, yeah, I, I say go for it. Because you know something, Anthony? We don't, in spite of the fact that everything is down, we don't even know who's using it now. We don't know if they're yeah. ahead of the game. 
I mean, without mentioning any names except Alex Rodriguez, uh, you know, what he has done is remarkable. He has never actually been caught uh, on, a, on a test. So how do we know that he's not ahead of the game? The point is that whether he is or he isn't, there are people who still think that uh, there are uh, PEDs being used and uh, the fact that the pitchers are all thrown in the in the 90s, that's kind of maybe uh, taken away a little bit of the offense. There's a lot of reasons the offense is, is down, not just the PEDs. But, yeah, I, I say I say just uh, buyer beware, but go for it. And I do think that um, with the offense down so much in Major League Baseball, it's getting a little tough to watch these ball games. Do you think they do something like they've done in the past to improve the offense, change the pitcher's mound, something like that? You, you know, you've seen, you know, in Bob Gibson's best years, where they lower the mound at that point. Yep. Do they do something like that? Because it's clear as day, the advantage right now in baseball is a is it's a pitcher league. And see, I don't mind it. I don't mind a two to one ball game where the pitcher's going out there and dominating. I enjoy that game. I enjoy the the pitching and the defense, but. I'm probably the exception. In fact, I know I'm the exception. Um, do you think down the road baseball and the commissioner of Manfred revisits that situation? And, and the PEDs are out, but we've got to give the hitters some type of chance? No, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, because people are saying, you know, we've got to shorten the baseball games. It's getting boring. I think I think they'll do what they feel they have to do. And also, look, it's just getting – it used to be, it was only about 10 years ago, that if a team had a 95-mile-an-hour uh, thrower in their in their arsenal, that uh, that would be great. He'd be a unique pitcher. Now it's every mm-hmm. single, it's every team's got four or five or six of those yeah. guys. Also, the you know, there's there so many other things involved that are bringing the offense down. Uh, the, the, the the traveling and that kind of stuff, it's, it's just... Uh, and also the attitude of the players. You know, it used to be that striking out, you'd have people breaking their backs and going to the dugout. It seems to me now that uh, Major League Baseball players don't care if they strike out. Okay? They just go back to the dugout. That's it. Take a look at the Houston Astros. Take a look at Buck Showalter, who says to uh, to Chris Davis I don't, and, and Mark Reynolds when he had him, I don't care if you strike out 200 times. I just want you to hit 35 home runs. So it's you know that the, the game mm-hmm. is changing, but to get the offense in, something has to happen, and I do believe they may lower the mound again. Interesting, interesting, Lenny. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about today, and and you and I have talked about it in great detail on on this show when I've been with you on on Sirius and, and wherever we get a chance to talk. Your motto for as long as I've known you has always been a rookie is a rookie is a rookie, and I have to ask has not only the number of rookies who we've seen come up, but top-flight prospect and, and rookies, and guys, rookies who have had an impact. In the terms of the fantasy game, have these rookies, the Carlos Correas, Jacques Petersons, Chris Bryants, Joey Gallo, who's struggling now, Michael Franco of the Phillies, has, has that changed your your thoughts on the rookies at all? Have you found yourself saying, "Well, I need to make a move on these guys. It's the only way to keep up in my in my fantasy game." You know something? People get me all the time. Well, Lenny, are you gonna? No. The answer is no. Maybe a little bit. Here's here's the point. A rookie is a rookie is a rookie. Don't draft rookies. You take a look. A 
uh, look at last year. If you take Jose Abreu out of the mix, how many rookies had a good season last year? If you take a look at this year's rookie crop that you could have drafted back in March, you got Jock Peterson, you got Souza from Tampa, and you've got mm-hmm. Chris Bryant, and that's it. Nobody else has really done a lot. Polanco stole a lot of bases, but he's batting two thirty. I mean, I mean, who else is doing something? Who else? What other rookie is really making an impact? You got Peterson, you got Bryant, and you got uh, the other guy, uh, uh, who I mentioned. But Sousa. Uh, Korea, yeah, and Sousa. Now Korea is a call-up. But you take a look at these numbers at the end of the year. The whole point of a rookie is a rookie is a rookie. Don't draft them and think they're going to make an impact on your team by the end of the year. I don't think, with the exception of one or two, you'll have any rookie hitting over 20 home runs. Uh, Peterson will do it. Uh, Bryant will do it. And probably Sousa. So maybe three rookies will hit 20 home runs. I don't think very many rookies will hit 80. Will get 85 RBIs. So to me, still a rookie is a rookie is a rookie. You see guys drafting all these rookie players back in March and thinking that they're going to be a year-long impact. The answer to that is no. As they come up, Mikel Franco, Korea, yeah, they'll help your team, but don't draft them in March thinking that these guys are going to be the end all by the end of the year. So that's my take on a rookie as a rookie. Right. All right, fair enough. I mean, Michael Franco's been a very pleasant surprise. Might be the only only real player in Philadelphia who's had any fantasy impact on the offensive end. Ten homers, 32 RBIs. He's actually batting 304. Yep. He's, had a, he's had a nice little season. And Correa's been terrific since he's come up to Houston. Uh, if you ask me, he's already probably Houston's best positional player. He's outplaying maybe him and Springer. But uh, Correa's had a huge impact there. The kid's been terrific. I've watched him play a couple of times. Yeah. You know, for every for every one of those good rookies, then you've had Byron Buxton, who struggled when he came up and then got hurt. <laughs> Joe and, and Joey Gallo proved what Joey Gallo is. He's a, lot of, he's a couple of home runs and a whole lot of strikeouts. He, to yep. me, is, a, is a, a one-trick pony down there. That's all Joey Gallo is in Texas, and he's finding. So it's interesting. Even, even pitching-wise, it seems like the few rookie pitchers may even have uh, more of a season-long impact, depending on innings limits, uh, than some of these offensive players do. Uh, come the end of the year, we'll have to see what happens there. Well, what has happened in Major League Baseball and Fantasy Baseball is over the last two to three years, you've had so many of these good players come in that you could see the pace turning. No longer are we relying on Hanley Ramirez, even Troy Telewitzki, Carlos Gonzalez. Uh, although Albert Pujols is having a great year, you know, he's still not the same Albert Pujols. Uh, you can go on and on. Uh, Ryan yeah. Braun, they're still good players, but they're stepping aside for the Petersons, for the, for the uh, Bryant, for the Abreu guys. For, Polon- for all these guys, so many got Colton Wong, another guy, moving into yeah. the picture. Brian Dozier, moving into the picture. Jason Kipnis. So the old line guys are moving out, and you got about 20 to 25 good new young players who are going to be the foundation, not just of baseball, but of fantasy baseball as well. Yeah, and what's funny is you listed all those players, and – you did not mention Bryce Harper and Mike Trout, and neither one of oh, those yeah, guys will yeah, work. And they're only, what, 23 years and, old. It's fascinating. And Stanton, right. Yeah, and John Carlos Stanton. 
right? All those guys you mentioned, and those and three guys, Stanton's the only – and who? Goldsmith. Philip and Emma Goldsmith yeah. could be the best. Yes, he very well could. And what are they? I think yeah. they're 25 years old at most, and then between 22 and 25. It, and, and here's the thing. I mean, I mean, Stanton's got that huge contract, but right now for each one of those teams, they're financially responsible player and not tying a team down to some albatross of a contract like Tulowitzki and some of the other guys who Ryan Braun. I mean, every one of those teams would happily unload any of those contracts if they could. There's no denying that because you can't build a team with that one big contract just hanging over your head. Um, it's just very interesting, and I agree. It's a, it's a changing of the guard I think we're seeing right now, and it's yeah. a good thing. You know, I think it's a, a real good thing. And unfortunately, and this goes back to my point, I just don't think the casual fan – I, I think the casual fan has been was, was blinded by the PED era and blinded by the way the Yankees did business for so long. And even the Yankees aren't doing business the way the Yankees do, did business, which was just pay a boatload of money for every player and spend that money without any consequence. Um, I just think those days in baseball are over really across the board. And, yeah. and, and teams are going to build from within. I just think that's the wave of the future now. And if you could uh, make a list of all the players, the Stanton, the uh, Trout, uh, uh, the, you know, all these guys that we just mentioned, you'd probably come up with about 25 good new young players that have entered the scene of Major League Baseball. These are offensive players. Now, make another list. Come up with the good young pitchers who are making their mark in, in Major League and Fantasy Baseball. You could talk about Garrett Cole. Because talk about Carlos Martinez and uh, who else? Who else? Not that many. A lot of Mets. <laughs> Matt Harvey. And you got a lot of them, but still, all right. Uh, no, I get it. Mets. But and I think uh, maybe they won't have to lower the mound. Maybe the just the natural progression of all these good young hitters that are emerging, and maybe five, six, or seven good young pitchers. Maybe that'll even out the offense and the and the pitching a little bit. Yeah, that's very true. Guys like you know Nolan Arenado in Colorado. There's right, a lot right. of young. You know what it almost has become. Every team has most teams have two different types of hit. There's no middle ground offensive player anymore. Mm-hmm. That that it's either that 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 John Carlos Stanton, Mike Trout, Nolan Arenado, Todd Frazier, 25 home run guy. But if you if you don't have that guy, there's not that that middle ground offensive piece, the 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 good not great. I just feel like it's either a great hitter, or you're seeing Stephen Drew playing second base because he he could pop a a, a home run every now and then, but mm-hmm. he's batting a buck ninety. I just think the gap is so wide offensively that you know Curtis Granderson. Everybody's excited. Curtis Granderson's hit four home runs over the last seven days. Curtis Granson is not that good a hitter. He, 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 you know, he's got four solo home runs, and people are getting excited over it. So you just did it, Anthony. You just laid out the future of drafting successfully in fantasy baseball. Uh, no longer do you say, as Lenny Melnick and Irwin's Willing said back in the day, I'm not spending more than $30 on any player and expect to have a balanced team. It's all about the following. Number one, you need two stud pitchers. Two, maybe even three. You spend your money on the three stud pitchers. You spend your money on the stars. 
the rest of the players are the scrubs. Stars and scrubs with a couple of stud pitchers, that's how we're drafting now in fantasy baseball. Yeah, I agree. And uh, that's really the way the game – that's how the game is going. It's a stars and scrubs game. Um, Just the talent's not there. Uh, I think on a 25-man roster, the talent is not there. You look at the end of some benches, there are probably some guys on a big league team that – 20 years ago, 10 years ago, may not have even may not have even been there. Uh, uh, that's just the truth. I'm sorry, but um, when you look around Major League Baseball, it, it's just you know guys like and I don't mean to be critical, but flawed players like Chris Young of the Yankees and and guys like that who okay, maybe nice players, but getting playing time that you know they really probably shouldn't be. But in this day and age, it's the best you're going to find. Jeff Francoeur is playing for the Phillies. I mean, we've done the Jeff Francoeur dance, but, uh, you know, these guys are still hanging around and, and putting up numbers. And now now you got Justin Upton. He's going to be a free agent. The Padres are going to move him. He's going to be the next, you know, $160 million to $200 million player. And that's just absurd because, to me, he's a good, but he's not a great hitter. He's not in the Goldschmidt class like Trout and Bryce Harper, but he's going to get his yep. money as well. You know, uh, Lenny, you mentioned the Toronto Blue Jays, and i got to ask you about one guy in particular over there. We knew Josh Donaldson would hit. Uh, you felt good about Encarnacion and Bautista. Jose Reyes, you knew if he was healthy, he would play well. Uh, Chris Colabella, everybody bought in on him last year for a, t- a cup of coffee. When he was with the Twins, he cooled off so badly that he ended up back in AAA. Well, here he is again, uh, getting the chance to play for the Blue Jays and just tearing it up. Batting over 340s, hit a couple of home runs. Are we willing on a fantasy roster to spend a few bucks on him and get him on our roster, or is this guy just another, uh, you know, just another quick month, good month or two, and then he's going to cool off? Worth the investment or not? Yeah, I think he is worth the investment, and here's the reason why. Last year, when he got up to a good start, a lot of people jumped all over him, and then he faded, as many people predicted. However, what we didn't know at the time was that he was pretty banged up and he shouldn't have even been playing. Uh, the fact is is that he wanted to ride his success. He put himself out on the field. It worked against him. This year he's healthy. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be a star, but his consistency uh, throughout this whole year has been what's really surprised me. He's been a good hitter from day one and hasn't stopped, and there's no reason to think that he's going to turn around now. So if he's healthy... Yeah, I think it's a pretty good player, I think. Yeah, no, I've six homers. He's been 337, 28 home runs. Fantasy-wise, probably eligible first base out. He's not a young kid. He's 31 years old at this point. Yep. Kicked around the minors for a while. But Toronto's giving him the opportunity to play every day. And, and that lineup, he's just extending that lineup, and he's gotten plenty of opportunities to drive in runs. Uh, he's done a terrific job for them. Yeah. Uh, and I agree, and I'm, you know, it's funny, I'm, on, I'm using Sportsline.com as my reference point. He's still only 57% owned in Sportsline leagues, and I just, I just think a lot of people are shying away from him because they saw what happened last year. And, and because of his age. They say, well, how could it be? He's 30 years old. Well, take a look at Stephen Vogt from the Oakland Athletics. How old is he? He could be the best catcher in the American League. Uh, you know, he mm-hmm. made a change to his swing. Uh, he, he he got rid of his uppercut, and he wound up hitting more home runs. So he's another guy, 30 years old. All of a sudden, he's a star. Calabello, another guy, 30 years old. You know what? These guys, they, 
They just go out there. They're good ball players. A change of scenery, a change in their mechanics. If they make a change and you see some success, you have to give the take the position that hey, maybe they are for real. And so far, I'll, uh, without thinking of a couple other guys, Calabello, Stephen Vote, those are two guys who at age thirty have become pretty good ball players. Yeah, yeah. Call up vote thirty. Been three hundred with thirteen home runs. First base catcher eligible. Um, so yeah, he he got gobbled up a lot quick. People jumped on him right away. People are a lot more hesitant on a uh, on Colabello for uh, for the reasons that we mentioned. You know, Lenny. Before we sign off, and we're only going to go for about another five minutes or so here. I want to talk about some pitchers who this upcoming week, starting today Monday are going to get two starts, and I want to get your take on a few guys. You know, the obvious guys that are out there getting two starts, you'd use them, Sonny Gray, Garrett Cole, Jordan Zimmerman, Shelby Miller's been terrific, Cole Hamels, uh, McCullers in Houston's been solid, Solid. Uh, C.J. Wilson will use some, some veterans. But I wanted to ask you about Nathan Carnes of Tampa Bay. Uh, he's got two starts this week. He's going against Cleveland, and then he's at the Yankees against Tanaka. In his last 17 and a third innings, he's got 17 strikeouts. He's pitched to a 104 ERA. He's only 64% owned. Nathan Carnes, are you have you bought in on this kid down in Tampa Bay? What are your thoughts on him? Take a look at his last start. He was tremendous, and one of the reasons he's been so good is because he's gotten uh, confident in his off-speed pitch. And uh, you can look at the charts and see he is now throwing his curveball a lot more than he has in the past. And he said before his last ball game, I forget against Sue, that he was going to do it, and he did. And he says, you know, look, anybody who saw the game saw a different pitcher. So if he can continue to do that, I think he's got a good – you know, when you talk about two-star pitchers, at this point in time, it's really about where you stand in the league. You could hurt mm-hmm. yourself taking a two-star pitcher. But pitchers go every fifth day. Well, here we are approaching the middle of the season. Um, you, even if you don't like the matchup, if you have to catch up in the counting categories and are, and are willing to take the risk, because if you don't, you're not going to do it, then you have to start your pitchers. If you're in contention, you got to be a little bit more careful because you don't want to blow the array and whip. So when you have to start pitchers, it's really about where you are in the standings. But Corns uh, is definitely someone who I would put in. Yeah, there's some other, you know, some other interesting names, guys who have pitched well. Ruby De La Rosa of Arizona, he's running out there for two starts this week. His last 22 innings, he's pitched to a 0.82 yep. ERA. I mean, I don't know much how much you trust the kid from Arizona, but De La Rosa could be a nice option as well for somebody who needs it. And who does he pitch against? He's going against the Dodgers and Colorado, but both games are in Arizona. Yeah, so I, I would take a shot with him. Like you said, he's got 20-plus uh, uh, innings without giving up a run. You know what? He's on a hot streak. I don't think he's one of the better pitchers in Major League Baseball, but you got a pitcher like that. If you need the strikeouts, you need the wins, you want to take a shot with the uh, uh, guy like De La Rosa, you almost have to throw the dice. So I would put him in for both starts. One last question before we before we wrap this up. Would you prefer to go with one of those young kids like the Carnes, the De La Rosas, who are riding the hot streak, or would you go with maybe a veteran who's not riding a hot streak, like a Tanaka, 
who struggled and, and, you know, all the media in New York is asking what's wrong with him. Or say a Justin Verlander who his last 11 and two-thirds innings, he only has four strikeouts. His ERA is over six, and he just hasn't looked great really since last season. Where would you lie fantasy-wise if somebody had one of, uh, had an option to make? Would you go with the, the hot-hand kid, or would you go with the veteran who's been around a while? You, you know, you can't go with the veteran who's struggling because you just don't know. Now, Strasburg mm-hmm. has come out of that uh, mold with uh, two pretty good starts. And with mm-hmm. Strasburg, I'll just mention him as an example. Um, in the last inning he pitched yesterday, his uh, his fastball was just as good as the first inning, so that that uh, made me a Strasburg guy. Verlander, CC Sabathia, a lot of these guys that have just and Tanaka, you got to be scared to death of Tanaka. Uh, even when he even when he was pitching well, we were scared to death of him. So yeah, I'd ride I'd ride the young guy with the hot streak over the guy, the veteran guy with the name who's not producing. I agree. I do agree. But, uh, Lenny, this was a quick one today, and uh, we're just about out of time. I want to thank you a whole bunch for coming on today, and uh, I do appreciate, all, as always, everything you do. Well, you may not be Mike Francesa, but you did a hell of a job. All right? Listen, man, you were you – were, I watched the YouTube clip. Uh, he, that was phenomenal. He was – you know, Francesa's not always respectful to his callers, but the amount yeah. of respect he gave you, I thought it was terrific and well-deserved. I, I truly enjoyed hearing that piece. Uh, I just wish he didn't hang up on you that quick. I wanted to hear more. I was a caller, Letty from Long Island, as I frequently do. I just got to say one thing. I have been in this fantasy baseball business broadcasting for 23 years. I am the luckiest guy in town. And I'll tell you, not because I won the uh, labor or how it was, because I still, I'm 68 years old, I still get a thrill of calling radio stations and and talking baseball. I still get a thrill when a Mike Francesa acknowledges me, when when I get to meet an athlete that I respect. You know something? That's one of the beauties that we had as a kid, and thank goodness for me that I haven't lost that ability. I got to tell you something. I love it. It's it's a blessing that I still have that feeling. Uh, I say to you that when I was nine years old, I said to myself, I'm the biggest baseball fan. Nobody could be bigger than me. They could only tie me. I'm 68 years old, Anthony. I still say the same thing. And thank goodness I haven't lost that because once I lose that, once you take the kid out of me, I don't you guys an old man. So, <laughs> All right, Lenny. Listen, man, you're the best. This has been fun. And uh, let me wrap up, and I'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks. All right, Lenny. Be well. Lenny Melnick, RotoExperts.com, and uh, just a good guy and a good friend. Proud to call him a friend. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, we're just about out of time. Short little 45-minute show here on a Monday afternoon. Thanks, everybody, for listening, whether live on Blog Talk Radio, on demand on Blog Talk Radio, or most importantly, on iTunes. And I remind everybody, go to iTunes, search the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show, uh, download, subscribe, rate the show, get it on your iPhones or wherever your iTunes uh, podcast app is, and uh, listen to the show wherever you are. We're going to do double duty this week. 
um, excited starting this Thursday, and it's going to rotate really during the course of the week, but this Thursday night will be the first one. The Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show will have with him a good friend and one of my fantasy football arch rivals, uh, a guy by the name of Doug Dudaller. He's going to be joining me this Thursday night, 8 o'clock Eastern time, and we're going to start really pre- previewing the fantasy football season. I still do some baseball shows here and there over the summer, but uh, Doug and I will be talking a lot of fantasy football, and our first show will be this Thursday night. Uh, we'll take a look at the first round. We'll take a look at some average draft positions, and we'll look back at the FSTA uh, Fantasy Football Conference that was uh, last week in New York City that I was happy to be a part of, and thanks to the guys for Rotoballer, from rotoballer.com who had me there. So Thursday night, Doug and I will be on the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. We're going to be talking all things fantasy football for about an hour, maybe even more. The guy Doug can talk. It should be a fun show. And as always, you can check out Wednesday night, myself and my, my good friend Real Talk Graph. Wednesday night, Roto Ball of Fantasy Sports Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. So Wednesday night, Raph and I talking some baseball. Thursday night on this show, Doug and I talking some football. Uh, should be a lot of fun, so make sure you tune in and are part of it. As always, follow us on Twitter at A. Aniano Fantasy. Follow the show on Facebook, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Everybody enjoy the rest of your day, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you Wednesday at Rotoballer, Thursday right back here, and uh, have a great day, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.